Hey guys, and we are back. You are tuned in to the Soul Sense Podcast, and this is Kim, and I have my wingman back. Melvin is here, and actually, we're going to kind of do a little something different. I'm actually going to kind of be in the role of the wingman today, (laughs) and um, he's going to take the lead on this episode, um, just to give y'all just a little bit of what we're going to be talking about, diving in for the next couple of episodes. We're going to talk about anxiety and anxiousness. Well, this first little part, we're going to talk more about anxiousness and the feelings that we can all have in day-to-day things. And then a little later in another episode, we're going to actually dive deeper into more of a generalized anxiety that you may have. And so we're going to kind of get into the scriptures. We are going to get into scriptures and we're going to examine that. So please stay tuned. So, hey guys, um, like Kimberly said, um, this episode we're going to talk about anxiety and we're going to use a, a situation that happened in our lives and it, it happened to me, but of course, you know, uh, Kimberly will kind of talk about her uh, viewpoint of it and ask me some questions, but um, mm. let's go ahead and get into it, uh, Kim. Um, so... I guess we just kind of just let's just talk about like the stigma around just like anxiousness and anxiety and stuff. Um, you know, I think that our society does not. We stray away from mental mental anything. You know, mental duress. You know, is that the word? Distress. Yeah, sure. Distress. <laughs> yeah, we just our society doesn't. It's not. It's not uh, as accepting of. It's almost like we're in a society where you gotta have everything on right. You know, right. everything has to be perfect. You know, you got a lot of people basically walking around masquerading as if everything is right, but in essence, you know, we all know that there's just normal night life things that we go through that I mean we all go through like you know work and paying bills and if you're married stressors there if you got kids there aging parents I mean the list can go on and on the things that if you're living you're gonna be dealing with this and so I think that's a good place for us to start because let's be honest you know we are African-American people and I feel like even amongst the African American culture, it's something that's not talked about. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think um, you know it's important to talk about it um, for a lot of different reasons. I think, um, but germane to what we're going to discuss today, I think that uh, just understanding, you know, like there's there's different types of anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, and um. When we were kind of talking over this uh, podcast, uh, Kimberly and I were kind of having a conversation about like, you know, you know, anxiety is anxiety. And, you know, we can all we all read scriptures um, and we'll read some today that that deal with the idea of anxiety and being anxious. Um, but I think if we don't talk about this, these types of things, we won't be able to get to the point to be able to understand the difference. And what we won't really dig into today, because none of us are um, therapists or anything like that, but uh, is is the anxiety that is more, um, I guess, clinical. A, a medical diagnosis. Yeah, right. Where it's, you know, something that that is is not just situational. Um, so, but we will talk about that, um, in a later episode, we're actually going to have, a, a an awesome author, uh, come in and, and kind of help us pick apart that. And we'll, again, as usual, we'll talk about it in our lives and the things that we've dealt with. But today I, I really wanted to, um, talk about a situation that, that, um, I dealt with. Um, this is one of, of course, many times that I've dealt with anxiety and the insecurity that comes around comes from from being anxious over a situation um 
and uh, kind of how I had to navigate through that and, and really how how the scriptures helped me to navigate through it. Um, so first I'll start out with with a scripture. And um, it's in Philippians uh, chapter four. And, and really it's uh, starting in verse six, but I'm going to start in verse four to read the little piece before it. It says, uh, again, Philippians chapter four, uh, and we'll start in verse four. Uh, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm. Now we'll come back to, to that and parse it out a bit, but I just kind of want that to be the uh, start out before we go into this. So th that scripture basically is just telling us don't be anxious about anything um and then it tells you in any situation prayer with prayer petition with thanksgiving submit your request to god mm -hmm. and there's different versions that that worded differently this is the niv version i actually like that version for this scripture but um you know a situation that i had i think um, a lot of people can relate to was i was working for a company um and and i I got into this management program mm. and uh, you know, this was a job that I prayed for um, because previously before that I had, I had another job that I, uh, I was in the hotel industry and I just, and that's what I, you know, I went to school for and um, I just did not enjoy it at all. Um, you know, I just kept running into a lot of roadblocks and, you know, in, in retrospect um, I probably quit on that job a lot earlier uh than i put in my actual resignation and so i can't say that i really gave it my all um through the whole time i definitely was looking online for different jobs and working on my resume and really had kind of checked out and had given up on the situation mm -hmm. um and and kind of had lost hope but uh anyway i had um applied for for this other job um and you know ended up getting it. And, and it was one of those situations where I went in there and had the interview and it, uh, you know, they, they love me and they gave me a call back and it was like, unfortunately, we just got a call and we have a hiring freeze. And so I'm like, okay, well, there it is again. It's kind of that same thing, but out of nowhere, I get a call, um, from uh, the, a manager at, a, at another store and my lease was running out on my apartment. I was month to month and he was like, hey, I'm in uh, Pigeon Forge. Can you, would you consider uh, relocating closer um, and, and, and work in, and coming and interviewing um, at, at this store? The, the original manager I interviewed with had heard that this guy had an opening in, in, recommended me to him so long story short I go up there I get the job and um, everything just kind of fell into place so this is prayers answered and it's an amazing situation it's this management trainee program where you start out and and uh, depending on on how well you score out um, you'll advance rapidly um, through the company and uh, they only uh, recruit college graduates and it was something I had never really heard about um you know I definitely didn't dream about working in retail but um this was I mean this was like right down my lane I'm working with people I'm helping people and um I'm getting appreciated for my my work which was completely different from the situation I had just come from and um you know time goes by and I'm working and I'm and I'm really doing well getting really high reviews and, uh, you know, right around that time where, you know, it's time to get that review and, you know, get that next promotion, they go on a freeze again and then they're going to restructure everything. Mm. Um, and, and I was kind of bummed out. Um, uh, Kimberly remembers that. Um, but mm -hmm. you, I still had, 
you know, hope. And I was still looking very positive because at the end of the day, I had a great store manager um, who really believed in me, a great group of people around me who really um, had my best interest um, at heart. And my store manager um, suggested that I move to a different store um, and help out another manager who had actually come from his tree. And this other manager was, I mean, it was like hitting the lottery twice, man. This guy was just as, as, as great. I won't say the store, but I'll say the managers. One guy was Patrick Baker, um, an amazing manager. And then the other guy was Brett Fender. And, uh, again, an amazing, uh, manager. And, and, you know, to a side note, being in Tennessee and being African-American, I had definitely come into situations where, um, I was, you know, I think that I was viewed through a different lens until I proved myself mm. um, being African-American. I never felt that like the moment I walked in there and he, he had that interview with me, I, I, he, he, he easily communicated his belief in me and the same thing for Mr. Fender. Um, and uh, so I'm at his store and I'm working and, you know, I'm really trying hard and I end up doing great, you know, and getting, uh, you know, I was the highest rated, uh, in my position in the region. And, uh, you know, I'm feeling really good. And, uh, you know, Kimberly and I, um, though I was doing well in my job, Kimberly had went back to school, um, to, uh, become a be- nurse practitioner. Right. And she was finishing up and we were thinking like, you know, man, we can only, and we, it was coming that time. We knew like once Kimberly got out of school, we wanted to have, start having children and we're like, man, this is not the place that I really want to raise my kids in. And really, um, you know, at least for our situation, I couldn't really see a lot of joy being, um, you know, because there, you know, no matter how educated I got, no matter how stable financially we were, we still were kind of in a, in a certain group, you yeah. know, um, and they, and there were situations that really let you know that. And so, um, you know, we had, but actually living in Seymour, we, we didn't get any of that, which was even less diverse than we lived in Knoxville. But, um, anyway, um, we decided to move and, uh, we had visited Dallas and out of nowhere, a buddy of mine who had moved to Dallas, I didn't even know he had moved to Dallas, called me and was like, um, Hey man, have you ever considered moving to Dallas? Uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, actually, we were just talking about it. He's like, well, they ha- they are so desperate for managers down here. They have a uh, sign on the 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 outside the store asking for managers to apply, and that that does not happen for this company. Period. Like it's competitive, and that that does not happen. And so it was just like, okay, that's a a, yeah, a just sign. Open the door. Right. And, um, so I'll, I'll speed this along. I get down here to, uh, Tennessee and everything, uh, I'm sorry, Texas and everything is different. (laughs) Um, you know, and I notice it right from the beginning and I'm the type of person that I'm all in, you know, and, and especially at this time, having kind of, uh, reviewed some of the mistakes I had made at my previous location. I was like, if I'm here, I'm going to pour myself into it. And, uh, uh, consequently us moving to Texas right before we left we had gone I hadn't been to church in what Kimberly like six years About five years yeah I hadn't been to church in five years and I was very involved um at one time but just didn't hadn't been back and uh I had just gone on uh, one of my buddies Ryan Birchfield was like hey can you come and hear me speak and I did um, and, and he never had called and asked me to come to church. And so I did. Um, and Kimberly and I, uh, both went out there and we had a great time and I was like, well, but I'm moving. And funny enough, when I move out here, a girl who I was in campus ministry with and, um, I, you know, we were really good friends lived down here and, um, my buddy gave me her number and, uh, you know, I called to try to find out what a church meant and, uh, it was, it, you know, we ended up getting in with the church. So Kimberly comes down here and, uh, we're in, you know, we're 
and this seems like I'm rambling, but uh, this is germane to the topic. Though. This is this is this will make sense because at the same time that I'm in this really bad situation in life, um, and it got worse and worse and worse. I was in the richest spiritual position that I had been in maybe ever. Mm. I mean, maybe ever. And so it kind of just shows you just how God was moving because I mean, it, I, without going into details, I was in the dumps in my job, like underappreciated. Um, and they were doing things to even just make the job itself even worse. And, uh, my, my, boss she just had zero respect for me and um you know i i just had to get out of there but unlike the other place i'm i'm trying my hardest so i'm praying about this every single day i'm down on my knees like begging god walking my little dog going out god please help me and i'm filling out application after application i'm i mean anything that i could think of um, RJ Reynolds cigarette company. Uh, <laughs> I don't smoke. Um, and, uh, and then I, I sign up for this other job that Kimberly's, uh, best friend, um, was, was a, a manager at, and she's like, yeah, fill it out. And you are perfect for this position. And I mean, when I say it looked like I, I intentionally wrote my resume to match the job description, but it just, it was that perfect. Like I had every single thing down pat. And, um, not to mention that like my, my best friend was like respected at the, in this department. So like she also put her name on it. So not only was he like qualified, (laughs) like overly qualified, also, he she he had somebody that was backing him that was like doing really well at the job and had a, had made a name for himself as well. And and before we go into the next piece, like how how did I, how was I to you during this time, like the the whole before let's before the job interview um, with Ashley at Ashley's place. Well, you know I think. <clears throat> It was different because when we when you were in Tennessee, it it felt like your job, they were motivated in wanting to propel you and you had your eyes on the prize as well. So it was like a match made in heaven. But then, you know, and when we moved out here, I think I assumed as well as I think that you assumed as well that like it was going to be the same thing out here, you know what I'm saying? Same company. And so when you got out here and it was petty stuff going on, like it was nothing to me. I felt like it was nothing. I felt like they were picking at you almost, you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't nothing that your work ethic, nothing about the job. It'd be like little stuff. Like I remember when Stephanie got married, that's my sister. She was getting married in Mexico. And Melvin goes in and he puts in his time well beforehand. Like, I think like once you got hired, you put in your time because she was getting married in the summer and like, they tried to be like, uh, well, I don't know if you can go like literally after you had put in the time, did the protocol. And then like a couple of weeks before we were supposed to be flying out of the country, like we already got our passports our tickets paid for the trip everything and your boss was like i mean i i don't know you know (laughs) and like you literally had to go to like the protocols and procedures and like look this is not our policy so it was like i I don't know when you came out here i kind of had this feeling like it was temporary because i'm like he's really going to like knock over tables like any moment now like because it was like ridiculous (laughs) and that was towards the end that was towards the end ridiculous and, yeah, and that was like <laughs> I forgot. Like it was panty stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's funny. And um, you know, I was really at this time I was really um trying to put on a a good face, you know. Mm. Um because I you know, I'd read that scripture, don't be anxious about anything, but in prayer and petition, um with thanksgiving, present your request to God, right? And, and that's kind of where my, I guess, where my reflection on the scripture kind of ended. Um, and I, 
you know, I, I thought, I, you know, I was positive. And so even though I was anxious and I was like, you know, worried about my future because, you know, I'm a really laid back guy yeah. in my everyday life. But like there are certain things that I know that I can't tolerate, you know, and I was feeling like pieces of me just being stripped away. And, um, you know, I am, uh, you know, and it, it was really playing on a lot of my insecurities. So my anxiety was really tied to this sense of insecurity um, where I like, you know, I like to present myself as very confident and I, I'm confident in, in a lot of regards, but there is this underlying sense of, you know, insecurity there that, um, you know, it, and, and again, it just was producing a lot of anxiety. But um, like I said, man, I was really trying to push through and be positive. I'm praying. I'm really focused in. And then I get this job interview. And like she said, Ashley is has is well respected and she's been blowing it out. And, um, you know, she is in a position of uh, of leadership there. And again, like I said, I, it wasn't I didn't even need a favor um, because I my resume was meant for it. And uh, I get there and, and I go in and, you know, I, I, I took my, my wife gave me training in uh, putting together not just a resume, but a portfolio. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and so I go up there and I'm ready to, you know, just give it my all. I take this Wonderlick test and do well. I mean, it's just, you know, simple test. But um, I prepared for it, though, and I. I typically don't prepare for stuff like that. Mm. And uh, I get in there and, and I feel like I hit the interview great. And, um, and actually the guy was just super, I mean, you can tell when you do a good job in an interview and um, you know, he was, he was really uh, excited about me. And um, you know, he was like almost the way he said he was going to bring the, uh, hi, the, the, actual manager in was almost like, you know, Hey, this is not going to be anything. You know, I'm going to bring her. It, it, it was almost felt like that. And, um, she came in and, and we talked and, and again, I didn't feel like anything was, uh, really off. Um, you left your all at, yeah, I felt like I left interview. my all. Yeah. I felt like I left my all in the interview. There was a thing where I didn't go visit a store, but you know, I did tons of research. There was nothing new that they could tell me about the store or the industry. Like I, I was, I did a lot of research and, um, yeah, I left it. Like I came home and I mean, I was driving. Thank you, God. Um, man, I knew it, man. If I don't be anxious about nothing and it's going to pull through, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. You promised it, God, and you pulled it through. All right. I mean, I'm doing the Deion Sanders high step all the way home. <laughs> I can't wait to get home. I think I called Kimberly and, and I, I'm sure I told her, yeah. you know, how great things went and I'm ready to, to attack, man. And I get home and, um, you know, uh, m maybe it was the same day. It was the, maybe it was the next day or maybe it was the same day. I can't remember, but I, I always, you know, send an email or try to make some type of correspondence just saying, thank you for the interview. And I anticipate hearing back from you. And so I send that email. I'm not thinking I'm going to get anything back until the next day. And, uh, I get, I mean, maybe 30 minutes later, I see my email light up and I'm like, uh Oh, it's on there. What? He's already giving back with me. And it's the guy, um, the first guy I interviewed with. And so I'm really like, Oh man, this is it. And I look and the first thing I see is unfortunately. Huh. And, um, I don't know all the, the, the parts of it, but it is basically, you know, she didn't feel like I'd be a good fit and so on and so forth. And, and, um, man, I was broken and, um, I mean, I was just broken, man. I mean, I was broken. Uh, I, I, there is not a lot. Kimberly will tell you, man, I am not a person of extremes at all. Like I don't get super happy about much. I don't get super sad about much. Um, at least not, you know, on the, I can normally push through basically. 
But this one, man, I, I don't know if I've ever felt like this before. I felt defeated. I felt like I was worthless and I felt abandoned. You know, I felt like God, you know, honestly, I felt like God just set me up for a, a, a whoop de doop man. Like get me super high and then fall down, you know? And, and, and I didn't think it was out of like, I didn't think it was like a bad God, but I just thought, you know, I guess that's probably what I deserve. You know, I don't know, man. It, there was just such a, uh, uh, swirling of feelings and emotions um and and it really just broke me down um how did i how did how did that come off well, to you Kim? then you know meanwhile like i think what really brought some more shock was because you know my friend ashley she called like thinking like yeah we got this job man like you know she didn't even know herself you know what i'm saying so she's calling like, how did it go? And, you know, all this stuff. And so when Melvin relayed the message that, hey, I already heard back and this is what they said, it even shocked her, you know? And I think she, if memory serves me correctly, she was like, you know, like she kind of took offense because she was like, you know, I'm in here working and pounding the pavement. Like, does my word not say nothing? Mind you, she's not putting her name on no no peon, you know what I'm saying? Like his, like he said, I mean, really, I mean, and this is not to be arrogant or anything. I mean, like it really was like his resume lined up almost perfectly, if not perfectly with the job description. So it was kind of like we were waiting in expectation. And once I talked to Ashley and she was like telling me her thoughts on it, because then there were like kind of, we kind of got the feeling that like there was always already a person already picked. Like there was somebody who was already in mind and that was just the, you know, they were just interviewing to put it out there. But, you know, at that point I felt like, well, this just is not your job. You know what I'm saying? But it was still hard for me to see him like that because he really was putting his all into it and something he didn't mention about the previous job that he was trying to leave is that he worked like the second shift. So he would like go in at like four or five o'clock in the afternoon and get off at like 10 or 11 at night. And so that for a young married couple that's new to a new city, you know, that really didn't allow us to have a good quality of life. So at least, you know, that was another thing too, that he was kind of frustrated with because this job allowed him, though he was going to have to travel, this job allowed him to work regular working hours. Yeah. Um, it, and it, you know, again, like Kimberly said, I was broken and, um, I don't know, you know, if, you know, if any guys listening, um, especially married men, you know, and, and I can't, I don't know if it's different for men and women. I don't know. But, um, man, I, it was a, it, it, it just was a, a foreign feeling for me to feel like worthless. You know, I, I really kind of felt worthless and I kind of felt like, um, you know, stuck, you know, and, and yeah, forget man or woman, it doesn't feel good to be stuck. But, um, you know, for me, I really, I take taking care of my family very serious. And, you know, at the time, you know, I was in a situation where it wasn't the highest paying job in the world, but I, I you know, I didn't care because I was working my way up. This is, I'm talking about the, the, the job that I had, not a job I interviewed for, but, um, you know, I didn't care because I was working my way up. But then it was obvious that, you know, that may all be in jeopardy and I may be stuck in this situation. And um, so, you know, I after taking a little bit of time to wallow and, and uh, you know, feel defeated and boohoo and so, I didn't cry. But, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, man, it, it, I, it may have been one of those times where, I just was so beat up. I couldn't cry, but I definitely was very, very, um, sad, you know, and, and emotional, but in, in, I tell you what, the other feeling I had, Kimberly, 
was um like guilt. Be- really? Yeah, because I felt really guilty that that I was feeling that way, like feeling mm-hmm. like God had done so much for us. Yeah, man. Like, and and then to have this feeling of like God, I can't say I don't can't remember if it was, uh, I felt like God let me down, but I definitely felt let down. Mm. And I mean, you can only make that connection because I prayed for it. Yeah, I prayed to God and I looked at that scripture. It said, don't be anxious mm-hmm. with uh, um, prayer and petition uh, with Thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And I did just that and, and it didn't work. And so I think in, in, in a roundabout way, I did feel like God had had lied to me and had had had. Or, or at least had like not told me the whole picture and and I felt so I felt guilty man I felt like why who am I to feel that way man God doesn't owe me anything man mm. he has like I spent the last five six years just running away from God and he's mm. still you know like I didn't choose my wife for godly reasons and he still gave me a godly woman like he gave me all of these things. Why am I? How dare I feel like this? And then that just made. I don't know if anybody has ever felt like that, but the guilt just kind of compounds the situation. Mm. So um, I get my dog, and this was my my daily routine. You know, I'd go walk the dog, and that would double as my prayer walk. And um, so I get Chloe, and uh, you know, head out to the Texas heat, and um, you know, I. I I hit the pavement, man, and uh, I just start praying, you know, God, I'm sorry, and, uh, you know, God, just, just, you know, help me to, help me to, to, to not feel so depressed, you know, because I just can't take this, God, and, you know, God, please help me to find a better situation, help me to find a better place, and I mean, I'm going in. I mean, I'm, I am praying, I'm crying out to God. I'm loud. I'm not, I'm not under, I'm loud and I'm walking around this broad daylight and I don't care who hears me or who has anything to say. I'm walking past the pool, past everybody. I'm not taking my normal scenic route and I'm just like oblivious to the world, man. I'm just crying out to God and just submitting my, my requests, my petitions. I'm petitioning God. I looked up that that definition and of course it's the regular things like signing a position but when it came to prayer it talks about um supplication and you know like prayers of supplication where you are pretty much just face down just mm. submitting your like humbly and fully and wholeheartedly submitting your your requests mm. like i have no i see no other option but you god i'm not even thinking about putting my own work into it. I'm just praying. And, and again, I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I don't know what happened. I don't know where this, this, where this happened. But, um, before I go into it, let me read this, the rest of the scripture again. You know, like I said, I let mine stop at, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation in prayer, by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then it goes, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm. I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying. And all of a sudden, I don't know what clicked in my mind. But I just started thanking God. You know, I just started thanking God. You know, I was like, you know what? But God, you know, thank you for for letting me wake up today. You know what? Thank you for letting me have an opportunity to go to a job interview. You know what? Mm. There's a lot of people that don't get any calls back. I remember a couple years ago, I was sending out applications and no one was calling me back. God, thank you for that because I did get to feel really encouraged. Thank you for letting me talk to that first guy because if anything, man, he made me feel really good about myself. Thank you, God, for my wife, because she hooked me up with this great resume that it impressed that guy. And every time I've gone someplace, they've been impressed. Thank you for that, God. God, you know what? Thank you for this little dog. I'm going off, man. I'm like, thank you for this little dog here, because she is 
always with me and she is if no, nobody else loved me day. she yeah you know and, and I'm just going through and I'm thinking thinking about different things and then like I'm just it's almost I'm just seeing it, it's slow but I'm just seeing things differently um you know you know what I know and then I go back to praying right and uh I can't remember what order this happened to daggone it but I start praying um, again, and I either did this first or did the thanking, thanking God first, but I go into praying and I start praying about my situation again. And I'm like, God, okay, look, God, let me just tell you if, and, and oh yeah, I'm thanking God. I'm like, thank you God for this situation. Because I know, I know like you brought me from so far, God, you, and I started to think about how God took me out of all of my former ways of life how God brought me to this point and I start thinking about like all of these things that that should have been impossible about life for me and and how they came about and um and it wasn't situations that I was praying nearly as hard as this thing and so I'm like wait a minute this is the same God God has never left me hanging God you yeah. never left me hanging yeah. thank you you know what okay God I see what it is. I know something good is going to come out of this. I know I'm getting a lesson out of this. I know this is horrible. Um, and I know something good is, uh, even if the only good is the lesson that I gained. And then I said the words that, that forever changed my life. I said, God, if this is where you want me to be, it looks like it is. Because there's no reason I shouldn't have got that job. So it's obvious that there were higher powers at work there. So you didn't want me to have that job. And I'm cool with it, God. And I, I said, uh, but God, if you want me to stay here, you, you are going to either have to change the situation or you're going to have to change me. Because I cannot go in here. I, I am going to go crazy. Like I'm going to lose my mind and I'm going to say something. I'm going to do something that is not within aligned with how you want me to behave. And God, I can't take any more. God, you're going to have to either change my situation or you're going to have to change me. I don't know if it was in the first change me or the second change me. But before I got me out, I felt like something just came over me. And, and it was like I had like salve on my eyes or like some kind of you know when you uh sleep like you get you sleep with your contacts in and you got that fuzziness or you in the pool and you can't see and you wipe your eyes and you clean it off and then it's like the world is brand new and you could see it felt like that it felt like i i had something that was blocking my vision from from the reality and all of a sudden man i felt I went back to thanking God again and I was thanking him for my boss. I was praying for her. I was praying for my situation, but it wasn't about me anymore. I like, I felt different immediately. And, and I'm not trying to be like hocus pocus or anything like that, but all I can do is tell you what happened. Like, yeah. um, and honestly, like his <clears throat> change of heart, his change of heart was extremely it was refreshing to me, but it was shocking because like, I know how down in the dumps and like, he's telling you this and you think this happened in a matter of minutes. Like it happened the next day. No, like <clears throat> it went, he was down in the dumps for a bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like kind of like moping around and woe is me. And what is wrong with me? And it's like, you know, me as his wife's like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, this is not your job, you know? <laughs> and as I'm getting perspective from other people, you know, my friend that works there and she's like, actually, you know, the more I think about it, maybe this isn't the best job for him because we do a lot of traveling. And <laughs> she was like, me, myself, as I'm thinking about it, I'm getting tired of the traveling. And so he's really going to go from one bad situation to the next. And like, you don't want your husband to be gone, Kim. And so like, I'm starting to change my mind. But then when he comes in and he's like, I'm going to pray for my boss. And you know what? 
that, I mean, like, I was like, what kind of prayer walk did you go on? Because I need to go on that same <laughs> prayer walk. Like, what did Chloe do? That was our dog at the time. I was like, what did she do? Did she, did she lick your face or something? I mean, like, seriously, because his whole mindset changed from, like, what about me as the victim to, like, how can I be a servant? And, you know, that's so funny because, like, that's what Jesus was. You know what I'm saying? He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And I remember, like, observing you, like, you know, like, he would go into work and he would be like, yes, I'll do it. Like, you'd be, like, signing up for, like, tasks nobody wanted to do. Like, Didn't I do the beast? I did the... Uh, he had this, like, health fair. It was I like, planned that. Yeah. I, like, I helped put together a health fair. He, yes, at the health fair. And this man is walking around in a bee costume. And it's, like, it's hot. It's Texas. It is hot outside. I mean, like, I think you had came home and told me, like, nobody, like, the janitor didn't come in to clean up the toilets. So you was cleaning up the toilets. I was like... Who is this man? <laughs> but, you know, it was refreshing. It was refreshing because to see the transformation in my eyes, you know, with my own eyes, it only was the spirit of God. It was only that, you know. And so, you know, as he was talking, you know, I want to, like, offer a couple of scriptures myself. That's okay? Yeah, I, I wanted to do this last scripture here. oh you go ahead and then i'll give you give some scriptures that i thought yeah, and then of. we can kind of flesh it out a little bit okay um so you know like i said man um like let's, let's look at that the end of this because it, it really philippians just really kind of explains everything that happened because this isn't a mystery right when it when i read that don't be anxious about anything but in every situation with prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What is not part of that prayer? What is not part of that scripture? What doesn't happen with your prayers before the peace of God? Doesn't answer. They don't get answered. He doesn't say, present your uh, request to God, um, you know, with thanksgiving, and he'll answer them. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart. No, it says nothing about this doesn't even go to the part of prayers being answered. Now, we know that God answers prayers because we see that in other scriptures. But I think it's very intentional in this scripture when it connects anxiety, situational anxiety. Um, re remember, when we talk about being anxious over situations and things, I think it's very intentional here that it connects that. It shows a connection to that and prayer, and it and it does not include the prayer being answered or the situation being changed. It did not change. My situation at my job didn't change, did it, Kimberly? Mm -mm. Even when uh, I volunteered, got worse. yeah, it got worse because even when I volunteered and I put together the the health fair, and then my wife volunteers with her time, she's pregnant, and they act like they didn't want to give her. Uh, a uh, they want her to sit out in the hot sun. They didn't want to give her a, a little tent thingy, and uh, you know, I mean, it just was getting worse and worse and worse. But um, I think this scripture it just showed you how true the Bible is. Once I did those things, I prayed, and I get in, and I submitted my request to God through prayer and petition, and with thanksgiving, and then the peace. That transcends all understanding. So what does that mean? That's something that I can't explain. There's nothing I did differently. All I did was pray and start to give thanks. And that really happened for me. Like it really, really happened. Like it and it opened my eyes. It 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 gave me the peace and protected me and it let me be able to see things so much clearly. Go ahead, Kimberly. Um some of the scriptures that as you were talking that um, I, some of those scriptures as you were talking that I wanted to share. Um, and this is, these are scriptures that are to help, you know, because this is one situation, you know, there are many different life situations that can make us worry and make us have fears and things like that. Uh, from financial things to things with our 
family to our health, you know, all kinds of things that can, you know, really get us all worked up and worried. So I just kind of want to share a couple of scriptures that, you know, I have found and that some of them, a couple of them I have uh, revisited um, here recently. And uh, hopefully it can help you. And I'll read these out and you can jot them down. The first one is in Psalm, it's Psalm 95 verse 19. And it reads, and I'm reading from the NLT because like I told you guys, that this is the translation that I, I study with in my personal time, but Psalm 95 verse 19, when doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. And I feel like that was exactly what Melvin, what Melvin experienced, a renewed hope and cheer. You know, the word used there, and y'all know I'm big on words and I'm big on how, like paying attention to how the Bible uses the words. You know, it's not saying that you're always going to be hopeful and you're always going to be cheerful. So we got to give ourselves some slack. Like we live in, I mean, life is hard. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're going to be discouraged. We're going to have some, some times where we're not going to be happy, but the word here is renewed. You know, it comes again, you know, hope comes again, cheer comes again. And it says that when doubts fill my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer, but you can't get that unless you're clinging to God. That's one scripture. Next scripture I'm going to go to is over in, um, Isaiah. And <clears throat> this is actually one of my favorite scriptures. I, I love the book of Isaiah suggested for anybody, but this next scripture is Isaiah 30. And I'm going to take it from verse 19 down to 21. And it reads, O people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. He will be gracious if you ask for help. He will surely respond to the sound of your cries. Though the, world, the, though the Lord gave you adversity for food and suffering for drink, he will still be with you to teach you. You will see your teacher with your own eyes. Your own ears will, will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go whether to the right or to the left. And, you know, hindsight is 2020, 2020. And with that situation with Melvin, that job really wasn't the best job for him. But in the midst of it all, I mean, in the midst of it, he wanted that job because he was so eager to get out of his situation. And I really feel like God shut that door because just like my friend said, he would have been leaving one bad situation and trading it for, yes, a different situation, but an equally unpleasant situation as well, you know? And you got any thoughts on that? Go ahead. Okay. No. So, and and so I, I really love this scripture and I cling to this a lot of times, this particular one, when I am at a loss of what to do, what to say, what to think, because this says that like God is with us. You know, he is with us. He is the Emmanuel. He is with us. He is teaching us. He's, he's communing with us. If we commune with him, he's communing with us. You can't teach someone if y'all are not having a dynamic communication. You know, it says you will see him. You will hear him. He will tell you where to go. Like he's telling you, don't go to the left. Don't go to the right. This is the way walk into it. And that's, that's very comforting to know that we don't have to guess, you know, we just have to obey. Right. And, you know, like to, to Kimberly's point, uh, when I was wrapped up in my, my anxiety, I was just as anxious, um, you know, before getting that job interview and it and bombing, you know, not, not getting the job as I was then, because even though I was praying, I still was, it was really all my, my thoughts were really focused around, around finding a resolution, um, I, it, it still was just all of this anxiety and I was just so focused on getting out of this situation that I could not see what the, the, the thing that Kimberly just said. I could not see the way that God was trying to 
to direct me because funny thing is, is like she said, man, this was a horrible situation for me. I would have gone from the frying pan into the fire <laughs> because I don't like to travel. I would have been traveling tons and we were, Kim, well, you were pregnant, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. you were pregnant. Yeah, I was so pregnant. I'm, tra- I'm traveling on the road like a, a ridiculous amount of times while my wife is, is pregnant. I mean, it would have been very, very bad. And, um, I, all, and, and the, the other piece of this is there was a brother that I go to church with that had asked me like weeks ago, Hey man, my job, I heard you want to get into it. It's an entry level position, but you should put in a, a, a um, a, an application. And, and my thought was I was going to go back to school and, uh, figure something out that way. Um, and I had just mentioned it to this guy like one time, like, Hey, I want to, I think I'm gonna get an entry level it position and then go to school at the same time, you know, just kind of figure things out. And, uh, he had, and he had not only did he tell me, but he had been calling me and like, Hey, did you put that in yet? Did you put that in yet? And then randomly at church, he was like, this is after, um, that whole situation. And, you know, I'm seeing clearly now he asked me again, Hey, did you put that in? Um, because, because I want them to call you. Uh, I, I talked to my boss about you and I'm like, all right, I'll do it. And now I see clearly, Hey, this is an opportunity. Why not? And I fill it out and, uh, they give me a call and, and again, I'm wide open. I'm like, I have zero experience, but I'll be the hardest worker you ever see. And long story short, I end up getting this job and it completely changes the trajectory of my, my, uh, career. You know, I'm, I'm like, it, it completely changed everything. I'm in a completely different line, different line of work. Um, and something that I've been very successful in and it all happened because my eyes were open. I wasn't bogged down by the anxiety of trying to figure it out myself. I gave it to God and then God's way was she read in Isaiah that that path that he was order directing me in those steps that he had ordered for me, they just became very clear. And, and I could not see it when I was bogged down with the, the whole thought of how horrible my situation was. I couldn't see the blessings that were in the middle of this situation. And I couldn't see the blessings that God was trying to give me. Um, and, but there's one key factor to all of this. Um, and it's in the scripture that I'm going to read. Um, and it's in Ephesians because the thing is, is that in, in, if there's a practical that I can tell you, I can tell you all this stuff, right, to do when you get into into the the fire or whatever. You get you get into these trying situations. But honestly, when you're in them, it's really hard to uh do it just then. You know what I mean? It's really hard to to start to think clearly then. Like my ability to um to to remain spiritually focused it came from some pre-work. Um, it came from some pre-work, you know, and that's the scripture I'm going to read now. Uh, and it's, it says uh, Ephesians chapter six, verse 10. And then it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil and his schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth, buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your heart feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit of God, uh, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert always and keep praying for all the Lord's people. Um, and it goes on, but basically this is, is, this is, this is the blueprint because 
I was armed. I was ready. You know what I mean, Kim? Mm-hmm. Like I was prepared mm-hmm. at that point um, to, to, and I had done the pre-work so that when I got into that situation, um, you know, I was ready, you know, I was ready. Now, is that me all the time? No. And there are times when I'm not as, my armor isn't as, as shined up. You know what I mean? My mm-hmm. armor is, is sitting in the corner or actually my armor is too shiny. It's sitting in the corner and I haven't been putting it to use. My, I, I don't have the, I'm not as into the word or I'm not as deep in the prayer as I need to be. And through those times, um, I have found it much harder to get corrected. You know what I mean? And I, and I have to go through a lot of undue pain and suffering to get to a right place. And I, I have to think that even in that situation, if I had been even more spiritually prepared, I would have been able to get to that place sooner. Uh, I, I really believe that. So I can't toot my own horn here. I think that if I would have been more spiritually prepared, I could have gotten to a place of, of peace sooner. And that's what I can stress for you now, because if you're if you're going through it right now, I mean, it just is what it is. You got to it's a you know that the battle isn't earthly. It's not the job. It's mm-hmm. not the situation you're stressing over. Situational anxiety all comes from it's a spiritual battle because yeah. Satan is looking for a way yeah. to steal your joy. Mm-hmm. And if you're in it, make is no better time than the present to, to turn your efforts spiritually however much time i'm not saying don't put out applications i'm not saying if it's health don't go to the doctor but i'm saying whatever effort you put in on that side put as much if not more into the spiritual battle so that you can see clearer to know what what really earthly actions you need to take yeah but if you're not going through anything if you feel like life is good this is the time this preseason training time Now's the time to really start to to sharpen your skills so that when you come to those inevitable uh, rainy days, you'll be able to handle them more. Mm-hmm. Well, and in, there's there's something that um, I want to, uh, a scripture that I would just encourage. I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to encourage people to, to read it. And it's something that I, once I read it, I, always go back to this when I'm in a moment where I'm praying for something and I'm not seeing relief or I'm not getting an answer. It's not necessarily when I get an answer that I don't want. It's when I don't hear God. Okay. Um, in Daniel 10, and I, I encourage you all to read that whole chapter. Um, it's not that long of a chapter, but I I do encourage you to read it. Um, and I'll just give you a little, you know, just a little synopsis of what happens here. I'll tell you the story, a little story time. So basically, you know, Israel is facing destruction. You know, they have a lot of enemies. They got a lot of people that are, you know, against them at this point. And Daniel is crying out to the Lord. And he actually, it's it's Daniel telling the story. You know, it, it starts out, Daniel the prophet is actually telling the story. And he is saying that he is going through a lot of distress over the nation of Israel. He's mourning. He's not eating certain foods. He's not using scented lotions. He's doing all these things to like be holy, to go before God, to pray for the nation. And it specifically says that he was praying for three weeks. And then he's he's out and he's praying. And then he gets this messenger that comes to him and and the translation that I'm reading in, it doesn't say that it's an angel, but what they describe, it sounds like an angelic being, but it's clearly some, it's a messenger from the Lord. You know, he's very angelic like, um, but this messenger basically tells Daniel that you are precious to God. And he actually heard you 21 days ago. And if you do the math, that's three weeks, guys. And he was like, God actually heard you 21 days ago. And he sent me to, to respond to you. But in this passage, it says that 
he was held up by the spiritual, the spiritual warfare that Melvin was mm. talking about, that he was being held up for the amount of time that Daniel was praying. He couldn't get to him for that amount of time. And then finally, God sent the archangel Michael, which for those who don't know, archangels are like head angels. You know, they're kind of like high ranked angels, you know, and they bring down the beast, you know, and so he finally sends Michael so this messenger can get to Daniel to give the message. And the reason why I always find comfort in this, because that messenger actually at the end, close to the end of this chapter, he says to him, you know, don't be afraid. He said, for you are very precious to God, peace, be encouraged, be strong. That's what he comes to tell Daniel, like, hold on. And you know, of course, you know, it's a beautiful story because if you sit and you think back, how easy would it have been if you praying for something for like three weeks, like the type of praying that Daniel was doing, like he devoted himself to this. Like I told you, he wasn't eating certain foods. It says he wasn't eating meat. He wasn't, he was doing all this stuff to like, just devote himself to like praying for Israel and for three weeks, he heard nothing. But then to find out that there was a spiritual battle that was going on that held up the messenger. And so when I think about that, I think about sometimes when we don't get our answer, you have to realize that there is a spiritual battle going on around us. Just like Melvin said, the devil don't want us to secede. He doesn't want us to, to have any communication with God, you know, and he's crafty. You know, if he don't go in the front door, he'll go in the back. If he can't get in through the front. And so if that means that he has to block a message, if that means he has to send his minions to try to block the angels and the people that bring you peace and the objects that bring you peace, he'll do that. He'll send it all at you. You know, you know, the, our opponent saying is a roaring lion. That's what it says. That's waiting to devour us. So that's not somebody who just don't like you. That's somebody who despises you, you know? And so I give that, that's, that um, passage to you in that chapter, encouraging you to read it, to meditate over that, because that has definitely brought me a lot of comfort. And it's something that I have definitely used to um, counsel other people who have been in the midst of a storm and they just are wondering like, where are you, God? It may not be necessarily that God is, he's not, he hasn't forgotten you. He hears us. We, like, we know that, but there is more going on around us than what we can see, you know, and we have to stay firm. We have to stay the fight. Just like that messenger said, it says, be encouraged and be strong. And that's all I got. Amen. I think that's a good um, way to kind of start to wind down. Um, the one thing I did really want to make sure that, that uh, I, I, I stressed before we close this out was kind of exactly what Kimberly read in that scripture. Um, this is not a, I don't give this example um, to say, Hey, you know, God doesn't always answer every prayer, but you should just still be happy. He'll still make you happy about it. That's not what I'm saying. Um, God always answers our prayers. Now, here goes the difference. We don't always know what we're asking for. Mm -mm. Sometimes we are so clouded by life and by we, it, it, we're desperate. God is like a dad. I have a daughter and sometimes she just says like last night, no, night, night before last, she wanted to, you know, I told her she could stay up a little in her bed and, read she could use her book light and read daddy can I color you know if, if Eric, you've been good you can color just a little bit though okay well can I I'm gonna use these scissors oh no 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 baby because you may fall asleep because she always does and you'll fall asleep with those scissors in the bed and you'll roll on them she bawled I mean she bawled crying because she wanted those scissors like she wanted them she really felt like that's what she wanted to do. And it took me a while to like really walk her through it and be like, you think that you, let me ask you this. Do you want to roll over and, and get poked with these scissors in the middle of the night? No. Well, if daddy 
didn't love you, like if daddy loves you and he shows his love by trying to protect you from yourself, mm-hmm. do, you, do you think, it, what if you wanted to set your bed on fire? And mm-hmm. I told her this. I said, if you wanted to set your bed on fire, do you think if daddy loves you, would he let you set your bed on fire? No, daddy. Okay. Well, that's the same thing. I love you, so I can't let you. Uh, I would love for you to cut and be creative, but I can't let you cut with these things in the bed and risk falling asleep. And she she understood it after a while, but we are the same way with God, yeah. and God is the same way with us. Yeah. He just wants to protect us, so he wants to give us the desires of our hearts. We just we have to understand that we don't know what our heart, our inner thing that only God really can hear really desires and getting and and that's Satan's job is to deceive us and to make you think he wanted me to think because I didn't get that job that in retrospect would have been horrible I didn't get that job that God like God no longer felt like I deserved God wasn't going to answer my prayer he wanted me to stop there and now granted God still probably would have answered the prayer some way, somehow, but how much suffering would I've gone through? And did I go through by believing the lie for even one second? And that's our mission. Like God knows what we want before we even ask the whole thing. I'm convinced that the whole thing about prayer and all of that is really for us because God already knows the desires of our hearts, but it's for us. It's an exercise in, in faith and getting so hopefully every time we come up to these our period of anxiety gets shorter and shorter and shorter but again like i said before this is situational anxiety that we're talking about Mm -hmm. um i think there is a different type of anxiety that exists that um is is more than just a a sit you know something that's brought on because of a situation that happens there is that anxiety that is more of a feeling of just always that that feeling that I had with the job I have sometimes had that feeling and maybe worse um over nothing you know just like this feeling of something's gonna go wrong this impending doom and you know and it's unexplainable and I think that that's a different type of anxiety that I have definitely struggled with and, and Kimberly that has sure struggled do. with. Sure do. Um, and, and that's just as real. Um, and again, that's not what I'm talking about in this situation. But we will talk about that. Um, and again, we, we have both struggled with that type of anxiety as well. And we'll talk about that uh, in an upcoming episode that I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll have... Uh, a great author come in and uh and she'll share that uh share that perspective with us um anything else kim no i think we did it i think we did it wingman or (laughs) me the wingman (laughs) so um yeah thank you guys so much for just taking some time and listening to us uh i hope that that this has helped somebody through through this situation um i know that i can't be the only uh, guy out here that's going that has gone through stuff like that and goes through stuff like that but um I hope that that it it can really show you that um it, it God is true 100% in his his words man cuz I did nothing like I said nothing to change it mm. but thank you guys again and uh sign us off there Kimberly All right guys uh thank you and we will see you next time